What's up, guys? Welcome back to Johnny's Music Rantings and Ravings, where I talk your ear off about something you might not care about, but I probably do. Uh, sorry it took so long. I don't really have that much going on right now, but I'm still not great at managing my time. And plus, my stupid friends keep wanting to hang out and spend time with me, uh, so I have to put up with that. Uh, but we are back, uh, and I really want to thank everyone for the positive feedback on the last episode. Like I said there, this is all still really new to me, but I'm really glad y'all liked it. But anyway, enough about me. Uh, today, we're covering another very special album to my heart. Uh, it's Helplessness Blues by Fleet Foxes, or <laughs> Fish Feet, as someone I used to know liked to call them. Now, I know last episode's pick probably wasn't everyone's musical, like, cup of tea, which is fine. I mean, like, everyone has their own tastes, obviously. Uh, but the thing about this record that makes me really excited to talk about it with you guys is that it's one of my favorites, but it's also, like, a really accessible album to get into. Like, I legit, I can't think of anyone in my life that I wouldn't recommend this album to. And a big part of that is that from front to back, this album is just gorgeous. It's like ear candy. I mean, you have all these amazing vocal harmonies and acoustic guitar work. The singing throughout is really beautiful and emotional. And the production really helps all of it come through so clearly, too. I mean, all I need to hear is, like, the first minute of the opening track, Montezuma, and I'm already so into it. I mean, the layered vocals here just feel like I'm getting wrapped in, like, a warm blanket. And also, there's an amazing musical build near the end of the song. I don't even know how to describe it, but it always, like, gives me chills. For being the first track on here, it sets the mood perfectly in terms of sound, but if you can manage to not get lost in the music, I think the lyrics also do a good job of setting up the meaning of the whole album, which the meaning of this is really interesting to me, where he's talking about being older than his parents when they had started a family, and yet he feels like he doesn't have very much to show for it. And he wonders, like when he dies, whether he says he'll see faces above him or whether he'll see just cracks in the ceiling with nobody else to blame. And I kind of interpret that as he wonders whether there are people above him that are determining or controlling his life, or whether he really is all in control and any kind of lack of success or progress that he sees is ultimately on him. It's his fault. It's his responsibility. And of course, that's just my interpretation. But I think that sentiment is a really good introduction to the main ideas and themes of the album. Because I think you have two things kind of going on across the album. This track, as well as a few others later on, they seem like they're capturing the feeling of being lost in the world, you know? That struggle to figure out, you know, where do I fit in? Where do I belong in a world that's this big? And I think that's a pretty universal feeling that we all have to deal with eventually as we grow up. We see all these famous, important people doing all these amazing things in the world, and we see all the different paths we could take and all the choices we have to deal with, and at a certain point, it's like, what do I even do? And I think it's really easy to slip from that mindset into a mindset of, like, nothing I do matters. I'll never be able to make a difference or change the world or anything like that. 
And especially when someone may be in a rut in their life, maybe they're in a small town working a nine to five job at a corner store, or maybe they're a young 20 something who hasn't really found their passion yet. It can be really hard to feel like you matter. I mean, for me, even after I feel like I've gotten to a really good spot in my life, I'm at a really prestigious college in the city, I have a lot of stuff that I'm passionate about, I will sometimes look at all the stuff going on around me and I wonder, you know, will I even matter to anyone in the future? Will I do something that matters like 50, 100 years down the line? And if you imagine that feeling, you can probably imagine a really dark, despairing, you know, album or movie or something like that that's full of regret and self-pity. But the second part I was talking about with this album and what makes it so amazing for me is that it looks at that. It looks at how huge the world is and how hard it can be to find your place. And it also sees all the beauty that comes with that. I mean, part of the struggle to find your place is that there's so many amazing things and amazing people down here. There's so many small things that you can just get lost in forever. I mean, that's the whole beauty of life. And with this album, I get such a strong sense of, like, being in love with the world, even though it's really scary sometimes. I mean, speaking of love, the track Sim Salabim, for as silly as the title might sound, it's an amazing love song. Without even mentioning the sound of this thing, I mean, the lyrics, even though they're so short, they paint such a perfect picture of this idyllic love that seems so sweet before everything suddenly it becomes so real and as he says like the dream breaks and I love this line that the person has to ask themselves like what do I see in this love besides just a reflection of myself because like it or not the people we choose to keep around and the people we choose to love kind of acts as a reflection of ourselves really Oh, and if we are going to talk about the sound of this song, ugh. I mean, it opens so softly and so sweetly, just like the love that he's talking about with just a lone voice and guitar. But then when he says the dream breaks, you feel it. I mean, that rush of instrumentation, that is the harsh reality of everything setting in. But it's still really beautiful. It's just not as gentle. And that's what makes this song hit so hard for me. Uh, Bedouin Dress, I think is how you say it, is another piece of great sound near the beginning of the album. Uh, it's not quite as ambitious as the track surrounding it, but I'd say it's not supposed to be. I'd say this song is just supposed to be comfortable. And that violin or whatever instrument line they have, it always makes me imagine being in like a warm cabin by the fire in wintertime or something like that. I don't know why it does, but it really feels nice. And it works out great too because the song itself is all about wanting to take a break from the responsibilities of life, all the sirens going off, and just relax. There are also a number of songs here where you get these really vivid stories with really stunning imagery. I would almost say like literary. Songs like Battery Kinsey or The Shrine. Most of these aren't very literal at all. 
I'm sure there are tons of interpretations people can have as to what these songs are about, and I don't have an answer to everything myself, but they're still great listens. Though I will say the one part of this album that does legitimately make me raise an eyebrow a little bit is the end of The Shrine slash An Argument. I love the passionate vocal delivery on most of the song. It's just the outro has these very strange saxophones or clarinets. I can't tell. It's very strangely dissonant and weird. And there's nothing I can pick up on in the lyrics of this song that really explains what this is supposed to represent. But it's ultimately a really small issue. My favorite of these more figurative songs has to be The Plains slash Bitter Dancer. I mean, so the whole first leg of this song is made up of a really elaborate build-up, layering gorgeous vocal on top of gorgeous vocal with the percussion slowly pushing it along. I imagine myself entering like a deep mystical forest with a bunch of fog surrounding it. It's not dark or ominous at all though, it's actually really inviting. Even more so when the build-up ends and those softly beckoning vocals come in, and we settle into this really meditative shuffle. And there are so many details here that make it so immersive. I feel like I'm actually there. I love the piano and the flute instrumentation here as well. And then, slowly, everything comes to a stop. You hear the vocals start to pick up, you hear the sun start to peek through the treetops, and then you just start running. You can feel the wind on your face, and the air is so clear now, the fog is all gone. That's exactly what I feel like when I listen to the outro of this song. And I'm sorry if I sound like a crazy person, but that's actually what this song does to me. It's really amazing. And right after that, we get the title track, Helplessness Blues. And honestly, if I had to make a list of my favorite songs of all time, this might land in the top five. It actually makes me cry. I mean, that feeling of being lost in the world and struggling to find your place, this song captures it better than anything I've ever heard. And it's so special because it comes from a perspective that you'll rarely ever hear anyone else give. I mean, in the first lines of the song, he talks about how he'd rather be a cog in a greater machine than keep chasing a sense of uniqueness all on his own. And at first, that sounds horrible. And I don't think the song is literally saying to give up your sense of identity or to keep your head down and keep slaving away. I think the idea is that we're all given this idea of success in life as making it on your own, you know, becoming someone important or famous, someone with their own Wikipedia page, someone that other people talk about all the time. I don't know about you, but when I think of all the people I've aspired to be like, they weren't the common workers or the engineers, they were the CEOs, the famous guys. You know, your Bill Gates, Elon Musk's, Leonardo DiCaprio's, or Kanye West's. These are all people that have held the world in the palm of their hands. And we're taught that's what success looks like. That's what you should aspire to. And not to say there's anything wrong with being ambitious, 
But I think we all know that deep down, the vast majority of us are never going to hold the world in our hands like that. And if that measure of success really was accurate, then that would be bad news for all of us, right? Most of us doomed to live a life of mediocrity while just a few rise to the top and actually live meaningful lives. But is that really the way we should measure things? If you think of all the names I just listed, would you say those people are the happiest people we know? Are those the people that are most at peace with themselves? Are they the most fulfilled? Are they really that much happier than us? Do you need your name on a billboard to be happy? This song isn't focused on chasing success or becoming someone important. It's about recognizing your own lack of control in your life and learning to love it. It's about recognizing all the little beautiful things you can find on your journey if you just slow down. It's about being so awestruck at the world outside you just have to sit back and stare. I'll probably never hold the world in my hands, but I don't think I would want to. I'd much rather live in it. And at the end of the song, I think that's what the orchard represents. The mantra at the end of the song is, if I had an orchard, I'd work till I'm sore. Because an orchard is probably one of the least sought-after, least important jobs you could think of. I mean, are you going to see a bunch of news articles about an apple farmer? Probably not. But that doesn't matter because it's important to your world. It's something you care about. It's your passion. And you give it your all because you find it fulfilling. And at the end of the day, you may not end up with a Wikipedia page, but you might end up with something that's a lot more valuable. Whew. But, alright, moving on from that, I also think the ending of this album is really nice. It ties everything up so perfectly. Uh, first, we have Blue Spotted Tail, which is the only song on here that has absolutely no layering, no additional instruments, no multi-tracking. It's just a voice with an acoustic guitar the entire way through. And the recording is also very dead, so it sounds like one person singing to themselves in a small, lonely room. It gives the song a really intimate feeling that actually reminds me a lot of a Nick Drake song, if anyone knows his music. Uh, and this song returns to that main theme throughout the album of purpose. You know, why are we spinning around on this blue ball in space in the first place. And I know it's probably not anyone's first time wondering something like that, but it's the performance and the fact that this song feels so much closer than the rest of the album that makes it so memorable. And it would be easy to leave it at that. And I think Blue Spotted Tail would be a great ending track, but that's not what this album is about. It doesn't end on a whisper. The real final track, Grown Ocean, all the loneliness and the stress is gone. All the instruments and layered vocals return for one final time. And the song has so much motion and life to it. The lyrics talk about dreaming for the future, having hope that one day he'll be able to let go of all the pressure and the worries and just live a happy life. That's all he hopes for, and I think that's all we can all hope for. It's such a joyous ending to this 
beautiful, emotional album, and I love it so much. Instead of leaving with a feeling of worry about the future, I leave with the sense that if I can find my passion and keep doing what I love, I'll be all right. And that was Helplessness Blues by Fleet Foxes. Man, that was a lot of fun to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And please, if you're at all curious about anything that I talked about, I highly encourage you to just give this album a listen. Even if you don't care about like the themes or the lyrics at all, like I said at the beginning, this album is also just great ear candy. You can just pop it in on a lazy afternoon and just vibe out. But man, I really do love this thing. And while I was doing this, I also realized that doing these podcasts, they really do make me appreciate the music that I'm talking about a lot more. Even though I've heard both of these albums just so many times, they keep giving me new things to love, and I really enjoy digging deeper into them. So, suffice to say, I am definitely going to keep the series going. Uh, I don't know how long the next episode is going to take, because who knows how long I can keep my craft together. But I will be back, and I hope you guys decide to join me again. So, thanks a lot for sticking around, and I'll see you soon. Thank you.